1: What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant. Still fully vaccinated, still dodging variants like Neo in the Matrix Big show for you on this Monday. As always, we got producer Justin and the specialist, uh, the cast of dozens behind the scenes helping put this show together. And here on screen with me, as always, Michael F. Florio and uh, I guess a belated happy Halloween. Uh, I hope I hope yours was a good one this weekend.
2: Happy Halloween. Uh, I I did go to a costume party on Saturday, but besides, I mean, Halloween day, I was just watching football, uh, <laughs> enjoying some wins and fantasy and taking some hard losses, but uh, how was your Halloween? Uh, it was good. It Mine
1: involved uh, being around a lot of uh, small people, mostly children, uh, dressed in costume and running about madly, but uh, yeah, a good time was had. There was food, there was drink, uh, and there was football sprinkled in there occasionally as well, too. So yeah, not all bad. Can't complain. Um, did
2: uh, did you dress up?
1: Uh, I did not. I dressed up as a uh, an aging dad who uh, you know spends his time <laughs> writing about fantasy football. Uh, next year, though, next year I'm going to try to be on top of it and uh, see if we can <laughs> figure something out. So I got what 364 days basically to figure out <laughs> what I'm going to do uh, for Halloween so next.
2: Basically, year. you're gonna you'll probably take like 340 something of those to not oh, think about it, and then and then at the end next October.
1: Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> that's how it'd I be am like with stuff. It'd be like October like twentieth, and I'll be like scrambling, like ah, I got to come up with something. <laughs> that's you know, because that's just that's just how things operate. So. Uh, We got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about some wide receivers that maybe we're fully out on, uh, some brand name wide receivers that maybe we're fully out on, and maybe some lesser known guys. It's time to start banking on. We're going to do the waiver wire picks, which are going to be especially big. We'll let you know why in just a moment. And of course, we'll have a Monday night preview with the Giants and the Chiefs rounding out week eight. But Let's start with some fantasy headlines and uh, some really, really big ones. let start with the, maybe the most notable one, and you probably saw it the moment you woke up and, and opened your social media apps. Derrick Henry right now has a broken bone in his foot, and it looks very much like he could miss the rest of the season for the Tennessee Titans. I think best-case scenario, they are saying eight weeks. That's at an absolute minimum which then puts him maybe at fantasy championship week. So in essence, uh, his fantasy season is probably done. He very well could miss the rest of the year for the Titans as well. Huge news in both real football and fantasy football, Florio. So what does this mean for the rest of the Titans offense if they don't have El Tractor Cito for the rest of the year?
2: It's definitely not good. I think uh, Derek Henry is up there with, like, Lamar Jackson, uh, Patrick Mahomes as the players that influence their offense the most. Like, this guy was a absolute beast. He had um 55... 55- percent yeah 55 percent of the titans touches this year no other running back has at least half of their team's touches 82 more carries than any other running back nearly 300 more yards and four more rushing touchdowns than any other running back he was by far the rb1 i think the titans offense obviously you're not going to be able to replace this guy so i think they'll bring in another name Jer- uh jeremy mcnichols is someone to grab off the waiver wire i know we're going to talk more on him later uh, but what i'm really envisioning is them having to throw more like AJ Brown and Julio Jones are now your top uh, offensive weapons. I think those guys will get more utilized. I was getting to the point where I was like, maybe Julio Jones, I I have to give up on him, but no longer because I think this (laughs) offense is just naturally going to have to throw a whole lot more now.
1: I'm very curious to see what they do to try and replace Henry. Jeremy McNichols on paper is sort of the next guy up. There were reports on Monday morning that the Titans plan to work out Adrian Peterson. Uh, He has been a free agent all year, but uh, they they were going to bring him in and see maybe what he has left in the tank. And of course... As we sit and record this podcast, we are about 27 hours away from the NFL trade deadline, so there's very much a thought that the Titans could go out, bring somebody else, and the names have been varied, from Marlon Mack in Indianapolis, uh, Ronald Jones in Tampa Bay, uh, just a lot of names out there that could potentially land in Tennessee. We know that you're not going to replace a Derrick Henry just one for one, like that is just straight up impossible, but uh would you be inclined to maybe you know take a waiver wire shot at whoever looks like is the next man up in that backfield
2: yeah that's why as of now i think it's mcnichols as the top add because i think at least in the immediate future he will have a large role there if they if it's only adrian peterson they bring in i think that he would then be uh, at least picked up as a flex option potentially as the lead runner there um selfishly I'm hoping Melvin Gordon ends up getting traded in there we know Melvin Gordon's on a contract year and then that sets Javante Williams free It, it would mean great things for both of them I don't think that's too realistic but like Marlon Mack one of the Texans running backs Ronald Jones I know you said Tyson Williams I think they're all candidates that could be traded so It's going to be interesting to see what the Titans do here to replace him. Uh, But I do think whoever is the lead back there will be fantasy relevant, even if it's more of an RB2 role, just because someone is going to get, you know, like 12, 15 touches per week in this backfield. Whoever it is, their first task is going to be against
1: the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday Night Football, which... It was already going to be difficult. It's probably going to be even more difficult because the other piece of big news that happened that literally just before we started recording this show, uh, the Broncos are trading Von Miller to the Rams for a couple of second day picks in 2022. The Rams basically just don't like drafting. That's that's maybe part (laughs) of it. But on top of it, they keep loading up with stars, so they already have a defense that has Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Now they're adding Vaughn Miller to it, so what is already a bully in L.A. is a bigger bully. So um, whoever we like uh, in that backfield, Florio, I
2: think think we're not
1: starting them (laughs) against the Rams this week.
2: The, the only one that I would consider starting is McNichols because I think that he could catch a lot of passes. You're not going to be able to run on that Rams D line, I don't think, at all. So I, I think McNichols maybe could get some dump off. We did see him get a game this year with double-digit targets, but even him, he's like an RB2 or flex. I haven't done the Week 9 rankings yet, but I'm en- envisioning him coming in as like uh, probably more of a flex option. So we'll
1: see what happens with that. Uh, obviously, huge news, and, and it's going to leave a lot of fantasy managers scrambling. Uh, a lot of folks going to be hitting the waiver wire this week trying to replace Derrick Henry. Uh, in Atlanta, Calvin Ridley was a surprise scratch just before kickoff of their game uh, against the Carolina Panthers uh, for personal issues, and then later on on Sunday uh, he released a statement basically saying that he plans to step away from football for an undetermined period of time as he focuses on his mental well-being so first and foremost uh, just best wishes to Calvin Ridley to you know one the the courage to come out and make the statement but second uh, just hopefully take some time get right football certainly is not the priority your health is so uh, wish Calvin Ridley all the best in that respect um, and you know, when when things are right, hopefully we will see him out there again doing what he does so very well. Um, as for turning this to football and fantasy football specifically for the Falcons, uh, who steps up now in this offense with Ridley gone
2: for who knows how long? I, I think it is a surprising name. I think it's Tajay Sharp because... In the two games, we've already seen Calvin Ridley sit out two games, and, and like you said, we're hoping Calvin Ridley the best. Don't be the player, the fantasy manager, who tweets something negative to Calvin Ridley. Some things are bigger than football, and especially fantasy. But in those two games that Ridley sat, Sharp has been the one that stepped up. Yesterday, he tied for the team lead in targets and catches and led them in receiving yards. And in the London game against the Jets when Ridley sat out, Sharp had... a. Uh, Five targets, catching four of them for 53 yards. So he's topped nine fantasy points in both of those games. I don't think he brings a high ceiling, but for those in deeper leagues, I think he brings a kind of a safe floor. I mean, Russell Gage didn't have a target yesterday. We got to stop falling in love with what the, the second half of last year was for Russell Gage. Russell Gage is who he is at this point. He's not someone that I'm really all too interested in for fantasy. So I think Sharp, but... Uh, Kyle Pitts, Marcus, uh, I think he's looking for for real estate on the moon right now. I mean, he might be, right? Although yesterday was not necessarily a great day
1: for for Kyle Pitts. I I will say that what Tajay Sharp has working in his advantage is being familiar with the offense. He was in Tennessee with Arthur Smith. Now Smith, obviously, the head coach of the Falcons. So there's definitely some familiarity there. I, I do know that everybody who's already in on Kyle Pitts is going to be even more in on Kyle Pitts. My only small concern is that now, if you're a defense, you look around, you're like, well, that's the guy we want to take away. That's yeah. the guy we're really going to focus our attention on. Um, so I'm I'm very curious to see what is what is going to be more effective. Is it going to be the defense is trying to take Kyle Pitts away? Is it going to be the Falcons just really going all in on trying to get the ball to him? So that's that's a thing I'm definitely going to watch. Um but I do like your Tajay Sharp call because I think one, I, I always forget Tajay Sharp is a thing and then he like catches a touchdown. I'm like, oh yeah, Tajay Sharp's still in the league. But I do think he's he's sort of poised to kind of be the next guy there in Atlanta. But man, this um, you know, it it definitely changes things, uh yes. with, with this Falcons offense.
2: Yesterday before Kyle Pitts is dud, Marcus, I said on the Sunday show, I said that um Kyle, only Travis Kelsey, I think, is the only tight end that I would want over Kyle Pitts the rest of the way. Uh, do you feel the same way, or are you still like Waller, Kelsey, or uh, Kittle, or any of those guys?
1: I would say Kelsey for sure. I would put Waller there, too, just because he he occupies so many targets in that offense. But uh, I, I know I saw a poll going around on Twitter about who would you rather have in Dynasty and Pitts. I mean, it didn't matter who you were putting him against. It was Kelsey. It was Waller. It was yeah. Pitts was running away (laughs) with everything there. So, um, I mean, I think he's going to have growing pains. He's going to have games like we saw yesterday. But long term, the future is super bright, super bright for him. Um, Elsewhere in the division, other big news. Jameis Winston was carted off the field. Uh, on Sunday in that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Word has come down on Monday morning that he has a torn ACL and he is going to be done for the season. know, um, At first, I was just going to ask, like, what does this mean for guys like Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram? And that's certainly important. Um, but now, are we in on Taysom Hill, who's, who's scheduled to come back in week nine? Does, does that make you a little bit more interested in him?
2: Yeah, it does. You might have heard me just wince because that a- that one angle, man, Oof, that knee was bad for Jameis Winston. I-, I I mean, you saw how upset the players there were, too, so hoping the best for him. Uh, I think Taysom Hill, he's on track to return next week in a great matchup like we were talking about before the show, Marcus, against the Falcons. And last season, when he was the starter, he scored over 17.5 fantasy points in every game. He top 20 in half of those games, so I think he brings a safe enough floor and a high enough ceiling where... You could consider him almost a QB1 each week, definitely a high-end QB2, if nothing else. So he is my top quarterback ad of the week right now because he's going to be the guy the rest of the way, it looks like. And for the other pieces there, I do think this hurts Alvin Kamara because... His pass game usage was slow to get out the gate. But then the last couple of weeks with Winston, we were seeing it happen again. We remember what it was like last year when Taysom Hill was the starter. There was not there was only one game where Kamara saw a big uh, volume in the passing game. And Taysom Hill had four rushing touchdowns in those four starts. So we know he's not afraid to take those away. Plus one thing they did last year in those games was they went with a more like heavy ground and pound style and we saw Latavius Murray used more in those four weeks so maybe we see a little bit more Mark Ingram than we would like I think you have to be a little bit worried about Alvin Kamara right now he's still an RB1 but is he still like a, a top three running back not in my mind I mean let's let's go back to August when we
1: weren't sure who exactly the starting quarterback was going to be for the Saints. And the consensus was we wanted it to be Jameis Winston simply because it would preserve the value of Alvin Kamara. So we sort of got our wish. And even after a slow start, Kamara has been pretty good the last few weeks. Now, if we are going back to the Taysom thing, it is what you said. We're worried about Taysom Hill taking those short yardage carries, taking those goal line carries, and whether or not he's going to target Kamara at all, uh, we, we just don't know it. If, if past this prologue, uh, then it doesn't look very exciting for what that's going to be. But uh, we'll keep an eye out on it. I will say that selfishly, it makes me feel good about all the spots where I took a late round shot at Taysom Hill <laughs> uh, and held on to him to this point. So that uh, selfishly for me is going to maybe hopefully work out uh, in the very near
2: future. If I have Alvin Kamara right now, I would try. I don't know if you could pull it off, but like Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, three names that I would try to flip Kamara for right now.
1: Very interesting. Yeah, and there's definitely going to be takers for Alvin Kamara out there, uh, without a doubt. Uh, Last bit of news, this in Jacksonville. James Robinson left the game against the Seahawks in the first half with with an ankle or foot injury. Right now, he is considered day-to-day for Jacksonville. Um, Do we dare go out
2: and get Carlos Hyde right now? I think so. As of yesterday, I thought he was going to be one of the top pickups. I've since lowered on him after the update on Robinson came out. But this is a rebuilding Jags team, so I wouldn't be surprised if they took it a little easy with Robinson, gave him a week or so to get fully right because you don't want him uh, getting, you know, more severely injured. Uh, And if that is the case, then I think Carlos High is going to be in in store for a 15 plus touch workload. Uh, We saw yesterday they targeted him eight times out of the backfield because this Jacksonville offense is just, awful right now and they're likely to be trailing moving forward i will take the big l on trevor lawrence in this offense i thought they were going to be a lot better than they were but if robinson sits Hyde i think becomes like a flex or an rb2 so i do think he should be picked up but he's not like the top rb pickup this week
1: uh yeah i would agree with that it's uh, you know urban meyer seems to get his wish he was trying to shoehorn carlos Hyde in early in the season (laughs) Uh, until he realized that James Robinson was really good. Now Robinson may miss time. We'll see how that happens. So uh, Meyer gets to put Carlos Hyde back there. Uh, doesn't mean we have to be excited about it. Um, so <laughs> that gets us through our big headlines. Now it's time for another round of things we learned. All the stuff that we took away from watching football on Sunday, maybe even Thursday as well, and uh, what we plan to do about it going forward. So uh, you have the floor. What, what is new in your brain now?
2: Michael Pittman Jr. is a must-start yeah. every single week wide receiver. I, I I know we were both excited for him coming into the year, Marcus. And even I, I, I don't know, I I probably not even you thought that Michael Pittman this quickly would become like as good as he has been, but it's been Everything we wanted and more. I mean, yesterday, 15 targets, which is amazing. Uh, 140 air yards. He caught the two touchdowns. 10 catches for 86 yards. You just look at this guy's recent game log. Since week two, it's over 20 points, 13, 12, 20. Then he had a six, 20, 31. Like, this guy has been going off. He is the unquestioned top target for Carson Wentz there. Carson Wentz is playing better ball than he gets credit for, too. And it's weekly that this guy is making a grown man like Randy Moss style catch. He he can high point the ball with the best of them. I'm super excited for the many teams that I drafted him on. And now I'm just putting him in my starting lineup and not even thinking twice about it. Early in the season, I,
1: I loved all the opportunity he was getting. And it wasn't necessarily translating into big games early on. Uh, we saw, you know, Zach Pascal had a few touchdowns right out of the gate. And Pittman was slow in that department. But... It was one of the things that we all said. Look, just the fact that they are throwing him the ball so much, it's hard to imagine you're going to keep his production down like that. Uh, and we've we've turned things around, so it it is kind of uh, what we hoped it would be. It is you like I say I don't I don't know that I thought he'd be the wide receiver 11 right now, but this is where we are, and it it is going to be hard to make a case to keep him out of your lineup at any point going forward. Uh, on the flip side, tight end's still a dumpster fire. Uh, you look at the let's look at the the top. 10 or 12 tight ends from this past week and sure there's some names that aren't surprising tj hawkinson being in that list not surprising dallas goddard uh not surprising pat frimer maybe not even super surprising because we thought he had some sleeper potential but dan arnold brevin jordan Jesse James, Jeff Swaim, Jordan Aikens, uh, Tyler Croft. I mean, these are some of your top 12 tight ends from Week Eight. I mean, you know, obviously you had Mark Andrews and Darren Waller on a bye. George Kittle is still hurt. Travis Kelsey hasn't played yet. Yes, that kind of factors into it, but the fact is there are a lot of names out there that ended up having decent fantasy weeks. That like Brevin Jordan isn't on anyone's roster on NFL.com Jesse James isn't (laughs) rostered at all at NFL.com Tyler Croft is on 0.1% of rosters these are guys that (laughs) nobody is thinking about that are having big weeks so I don't know I feel like this is just a reminder that it is maybe worth paying up in drafts to get yourself a tight end so you're just not having to deal with this headache midseason
2: yeah and even the tight ends that we paid up for I like like has Travis Kelsey really lived up to the expectations? He's he's been great, like good, but I don't know if he's been like top five wide receiver, which is what he's been the last couple of years. Uh, tight end is just is just bad. I I do agree you pay up for it, or because even if you end up with one of the you know lower end tight ends that you could trust each week, like a Noah Fant or a Mike Asicki or Dallas Goddard, like they've been very up and down. So yeah, tight end is just. It's a nightmare, Marcus. Every year, and we say this every year, it is just going to stay this way. And every year, people start to think, oh, it's a little bit deeper. Nope. It's it's nope. bad.
1: It's bad. <laughs> it's just it's just bad. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my tight end rant for, uh, for this week. That gets us to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the top performers and whether or not things are starting to turn a corner
0: for a couple of rookies in fantasy. That's next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show.
3: And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat yourself to glowing, healthy skin this summer with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, you can get the Best Seller's Body Care Set valued at $78 for 33% off. Use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at oceamalibu.com code SUMMER
1: taking a look at our top performers in Week 8. Some of the notable names. Jimmy Garoppolo was your QB 2. He was, uh, I guess, hearing the Trey Lance drumbeat and decided to go out and ball against the Bears. Mike White was your QB 3. Justin Fields your QB 4. Geno Smith with 22 points at uh, QB 7. Michael Carter, your top scoring running back. A.J. Brown, your number one wide receiver, 31 and a half points. We talked about Michael Pittman. He was your wide receiver 2. Amari Cooper uh, was wide receiver 4 this week with 26 points, including that fantastic juggling catch late against the Vikings and then the game-winning touchdown as well. Dan Arnold is your tight end, too. Pat Fryermuth, we talked about uh, just a bit ago. He was your tight end three. But let's talk about a couple names on that board. First off, Justin Fields has the really nice day. I know a lot of folks were sort of making jokes about the fact that his best day came when Matt Nagy was unavailable. He was still out with COVID, uh, and he was not there. And Justin Fields goes off and very nearly pulls off a win against the 49ers. Is this the start of something big for Justin Fields?
2: I hope so. Uh like I'm not at the point where I'm gonna plug Fields like into my starting lineup, but I think if he was dropped, you should be picking him up right now. Um he, he didn't throw for a whole bunch of yards, but man, what we wanted was like this exactly what you're seeing on your screen. Let him improvise, let him do what he does best, pick up points with his legs. What one of the prettier touchdown runs you're gonna see from a quarterback, but It's not the first game that he's been running more. His last three weeks, Marcus, 43, 38, and 103 rushing yards. So I am starting to get excited for Justin Fields. Obviously, I think he's like a big buy in Dynasty if people are souring on him. But in seasonal leagues, I think that he is still just a – bench stash with upside like if you have a shaky QB1 I'm okay grabbing or not one of the elite QB1s I'm cool grabbing him as a bench stash because he does possess a lot of upside in fantasy because of what we saw him do yesterday and that's run
1: it's just amazing what happens when you can let your athletic quarterback be athletic and that's what we saw out of Justin (laughs) Fields I mean we we have been waiting all this time for him to get out and make plays with his legs it hadn't happened so I I don't know if you know if I can look I hope all is well with Matt Nagy. I hope he's healthy, and I hope he can come back and, and come to work or what have you. But maybe he sat and watched this and realized, hey, maybe this is some of the things we should try to do with our young quarterback. So I hope this is the start of something, but I'm sort of with you. I still am going to be cautious just because the whole body of work has not matched what we saw yesterday. And I want, I just want more uh, to know that I can be confident starting him.
2: And Fields has a good game. Allen Robinson doesn't.
1: Still doesn't have a good game. And we're going to talk about Allen Robinson a little bit later on in the show, too. Uh, Michael Carter had easily his biggest day in his very young NFL career. Uh, He got over 30 fantasy points, as we talked about. Uh, The Jets get a surprise win thanks to Mike White leading the way. So same question. Is this the start of something big for Michael Carter?
2: Yes, I I think Michael Carter has fully taken over the Jets' backfield. Last week in Week 7, he played more snaps and ran more routes than any Jets running back had in a game. He did the same thing this past week. He played over 70% of the snaps. He was the Jets' leading receiver for a second straight game. I will say that... The the targets I'm a little bit hesitant to trust because Mike White has thrown 42% of his passes to running backs. I don't think that's the case if and when Zach Wilson returns. I know people are trying to make it sound like there's a quarterback controversy in New York. (laughs) I'm not so sure that there is. But the bigger thing, too, is Carter got all of the touches yesterday inside the 10-yard line. He had been splitting those with Ty Johnson all year. Uh, I think Carter is fully taken over. I think at worst he's an RB2 moving forward with a lot more upside than that.
1: I think that's the the important part here is that I don't see him really splitting time significantly with anybody else. And you go back to the start of the season with the Jets Jets offense, you talk about Ty Johnson being there. Tevin Coleman uh, was still getting some opportunity as well. I think they were just trying to ease Carter in. Now that we've hit pretty much the halfway point of the season, I think the Jets understand what they have. And we're going to see a lot more of him going forward. I agree with you. The target share is probably not going to be as heavy as it has been. But uh, if he's getting pretty much all the touches in the backfield, then, then that makes me feel a little bit more confident about him as a, a second RB or a flex option, depending on you know what my roster looks like at that point. So uh, all good news for the rookies, at least for a couple of the rookies this week that we were waiting for big things on um, things that did not go well. Brings us to I'm Salty for the week. And look, I just normally we each pick somebody that we're salty about, but I felt like what happened yesterday, there was just one name that was on everyone's lips that had everyone frustrated and upset. Um, And it was Kenneth Gainwell. And maybe it's not Kenneth Gainwell we should be salty with. It's Nick Sirianni that we should be salty with. uh, That they decided to give so much opportunity to Boston Scott and to Jordan Howard. And Gainwell didn't really see the field until late in that game when the Eagles had already salted it away. They were up, I think, 34-0 on the Lions when we started to see Kenny Gainwell get some opportunities. Um, Should we have seen this coming? And what do we do now?
2: Uh, should we have seen this coming? No, because the coaching staff was talking of Gainwell. Beat reporters were talking of Gainwell as the new lead back there. Um, I think maybe we should have saw the lack of targets because of game script, but I don't know why everyone's so mad, Marcus. Kenny Gainwell still led this backfield in carries. Uh, he just <laughs> he had 13 of them. No, I know it was awful, but... I think it was the game script and and the matchup that led to it. The Lions, you could just power run all over them. They've given up more touchdowns to running backs by far than any team in the league this year and last year. It's just a matchup where... You can just run all over them, and that's what the Eagles did, and that's why Jalen Hurts had his worst game of the year. I think, like, as soon as next week, when they play the Chargers, yeah, I know that's a team that you can run against, but I expect the Eagles to be trailing in that game, and that's when it leads to a lot of dump-offs to the running backs, which is going to benefit Kenny Gainwell. His role didn't really change. He's still that— secondary RB that they're going to use in the passing game. The only thing is they didn't need to throw the ball a whole lot yesterday. I mean, Jalen Hurts only threw 14 times. So I I put it in the waiver wire article. I'm not dropping Kenny Gainwell yet. I understand that it might be a little tough to trust him, but I think he'll bounce back next week. I just think it was a terrible game script for him and for Jalen Hurts.
1: I I will also say I didn't see the Eagles just just hammering the Lions yeah. quite like that. I, you know, The Lions have been frisky. I think I actually picked them to win. I know there were other people that sort of picked them to win, and um, the Eagles apparently read our memos, and they didn't take kindly to it. <laughs> so uh, definitely a surprise, definitely frustrating. Uh, frustrating in a lot of respects because, as uh, you mentioned, Jalen Hurts in a game where the Eagles score 44 points. This is the time that Jalen Hurts doesn't get to 20 fantasy points. Uh, Devontae Smith really didn't do much of anything either. It was very heavy boston scott and jordan howard in this one uh so a lot of folks not just us are salty so i felt like that was that was sort of the only real option we had (laughs) for i'm salty uh for this week's show yeah so I tell you this every week, I'm going to keep on telling you. Follow us on TikTok at NFL Fantasy. I'm talking to you specifically with the, the hair and the glasses, all of that, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, we're doing a lot of fun, entertaining, informative stuff to hopefully help you become a better fantasy manager and also become a time suck while you're just sitting there on your phone <laughs> scrolling. So all of those things. Follow us at NFL Fantasy. You can selfishly follow me uh, at Marcus Grant. And uh, one of these days we'll get Florio up and running, too. So you can follow him, too, once uh, once that's all happening. Adam Rank's another one that's a good follow. So check him out, too, at Adam Rank yeah. uh, on TikTok. Go check it out. Um, let's talk some wide receivers because there are some big name wide receivers who have utterly let us down this year. And asking whether or not it's just time to actually say goodbye and drop them, especially at wide receiver, which is easily the deepest position. You can find replacements fairly easily. I know it's hard sometimes to say, to, say goodbye to a guy that you spent a high draft pick on, but sometimes you just got to do it. So let's start where we always seem to start in these conversations uh, with Allen Robinson, and and you talked about it earlier. Justin Fields has a good game. Robinson still does not. He's rostered in seventy-seven percent of NFL.com leagues. He's got seven games with fewer than nine points. Uh, and like you said, even with a big game for the quarterback, he still can't find a way to be productive. I mean, are we just? Is it just time to to drop
2: Allen Robinson? Uh, I know this is like the sixth time I'm saying this this year. I'm not ready to drop Allen Robinson, <laughs> but, but a big but, we will know by the time you put your waivers in if you could drop him or not. Because the only reason I'm holding on to him right now, Marcus, is if he is traded. Um, because we know the Bears are a rebuilding team. They're not. They're, I know they are competitive, but they're they're probably not looking for a playoff spot this year. I think they're looking to build around their young quarterback, and. Robinson was franchised. He kind of made it clear he wants to sign a long-term deal elsewhere. So I think it's a possibility that the Bears could ship him. I mean, yesterday we saw Darnell Mooney get nine targets. Cole Komet got six. Robinson had just four. He is unstartable right now. And if he is still on the Bears roster after the trade deadline, then I think I will finally admit that I'm okay taking the L and just completely dropping Allen Robinson.
1: We thought it was bad when he had 9.3 points against the Packers in week six. Uh, his next two games combined against the Bucks, and then yesterday against the 49ers. He hasn't even reached that 9.3 uh, yeah. in those two games combined. He's currently the wide receiver 59, just slightly ahead of Brian Edwards. Um, yeah, I, I would say yes. If he's still with the Bears by the time we get past the trading deadline, then it's fine for him to go back to, to the waiver wire. But, uh, you know, if he gets moved to somewhere, then maybe we're still, we're still holding on a little bit. Um, then there's Odell Beckham Jr., who's on 69% of rosters in NFL.com week eight. He had just one target. Uh, He's had fewer than 30 receiving yards in four of the six games he's played. Also part of it is that he continues to sort of be banged up and dealing with nagging injuries. Uh, The Browns offense is inconsistent. Baker Mayfield has some injuries Uh, again. Odell. He's one of those guys that still has some name value. Although I feel like that's fading a little bit, but um, is, is it okay if we put him back in the waiver pool now?
2: Yeah, on Fantasy Live the other day, I said, Odell Beckham, you you see him, you hear the name. He looks like a superstar wide receiver. But then when you look at his production, it's basically Nelson Aguilar-like. And that's it got even worse yesterday. I mean, he's averaging 5.7 targets per game, less than 7 fantasy points per game. He's giving you 41 yards per game, and he doesn't have a touchdown on the year. It is brutal. My answer for Beckham is the same as Allen Robinson. If he is not traded and he is still on the Cleveland Browns roster as of tomorrow after the trade deadline, I think you can go ahead and drop him. I have seen pictures of him, like, photoshopped in a Packers uniform. I would love that, and I would say definitely hold on to him if he's moved, but... It seems a little bit more likely that Robinson would be traded, I'd say, with the Browns still actually competing for the playoff spot. So if he is still there and not dealt, I, I think it's fine to get him off your roster. He's a name, and that's it at this point right now.
1: He's a name. And like I said, even that name is sort of fading because it's been a few years yeah. since since Beckham's last real glory. I mean, at least with Robinson, we had last year. You know, like, <laughs> like Beckham, it's been a few years. I, I will say I, I feel a little less conflicted if I were to drop Beckham simply because I came into the year and I said repeatedly, I just didn't know what to make of him. Like it could have gone either way. And I think I sorta settled on the fact that there were gonna be some decent games, there were gonna be some bad games. Um there have been I think a lot more bad games than decent games this year, so Uh, Yeah, like like Florio said if he gets traded, then hey, let's reevaluate But in the meantime, it's not looking good for keeping him on the roster So those are two guys that we we may be thinking about parting ways with I got a couple guys that maybe it's time to sort of buy in on Um, one is Elijah Moore with the Jets. We talked about Michael Carter earlier, but Elijah Moore is on just 12% of rosters. Uh, he's had 12 targets in his last two games combined. Uh, he's had consecutive games with double-digit fantasy points. Now, the quarterback situation is still going to change there with Zach Wilson eventually coming back, but um, how do we feel about you know maybe having Elijah Moore, if not as a weekly starter, but at least as a stash that you can play matchups with?
2: Yeah, I, I would be looking to add this guy right now if he's still out there on the waiver wire. Like, I I would drop Odell Beckham Jr. for him. I think, which is, which sounds wild, but <laughs> I know the passing volume hasn't been awesome, but it it has been increasing as of late. He's still the same explosive player that we all fell in love with in the preseason and was getting hyped up basically every single day in training camp, but uh, the Jets' offense has been brutal, but Corey Davis is banged up right now, and we've already seen the Jets set Michael Carter free and and really give all the work to a rookie there. I'm thinking, what if they do that with this rookie? Maybe they trade Jamison Crowder or something like that, or even if they just dial back his work to let Elijah Moore, a pick that was almost a first-round pick. Like, they took an early second-round pick on this guy. I I wouldn't be surprised if they start giving the rookie more work as the season goes on. So I I don't think you start him yet, but I would add him on my bench and just kind of hold him there and see, watch the next couple of weeks, see if the usage starts to increase. There was a lot of hype about him
1: in training camp in the preseason and it's taken a while for him to sort of get going but the last couple of weeks it's like they're starting to integrate him more into the offense and that that to me is what's encouraging just seeing him sort of trending in the right direction has me more excited about him Uh, a guy that I've been excited about all year that I another one of my sort of late round dart throws is Van Jefferson and Look, I I knew it was going to be inconsistent because he's the third wide receiver playing behind Cooper Cup and Robert Woods uh, in that offense there. But we've started to see the last couple of weeks. He's had double-digit fantasy points in back-to-back games. Uh, He's only only rostered in 2% of NFL.com leagues. He is widely available. And on top of it, rumors, or not even rumors, but just straight-up reports that Deshaun Jackson wants out. Uh, Both he and the Rams have sort of decided maybe it's best to seek a trade get Jackson somewhere else for the rest of the year, that potentially opens up more opportunities for Javan Jefferson. And and this one, Florio, for me, I for the life of me, I don't know why he isn't more uh, rostered uh, across fantasy football because this feels like sort of an easy third wide receiver on a, on a good offense to go get.
2: Yeah, I, I would be adding him right now. I mean, the last two games, he's 13 targets combined with at least six in each of them. He's been getting more time in the slot. He has over a 17% target share in both of those two games, both being season highs. His air yards have been up. The red zone usage has been up. And we've already heard that, you know, it's not happening for Deshaun Jackson. He wants out. And Sean McVay even himself was like, yeah. It hasn't worked out like we thought it would for Deshaun Jackson. Why hasn't it worked out? Because Van Jefferson is just a better player at this point in their careers, and he has stepped up. I agree with you, Marcus. It might be a little up and down, but he, at the very least, is a useful wide receiver on your bench that you could plug in for bye weeks or injury replacement or something like that.
1: I have had to do that multiple times this year, and generally speaking, I've been pretty happy with the results. Um, you know, He doesn't get a ton of targets, but he gets a lot of big chunk plays, uh, and every once in a while he may wander into a touchdown too. So, um, Again, we're talking about depth ads, and at this point they are trending up, whereas guys like Robinson and Beckham are, uh, are going the other way. So just some things to consider when you're looking out on the waiver wire uh, in the weeks to come. All right, another break upcoming. When we come back, we will dive into the waiver wire. Going to be very important, especially uh, if you have lost Derrick Henry. That's next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: Here are some of the waiver wire targets for the week. Florio, walk us through your picks here.
2: Yeah, Taysom Hill, we were talking about him earlier. He's my top QB ad. Then there's Carson Wentz, who just gives you over 17 fantasy points each week in a good matchup against the Jets. Justin Fields is just exciting right now. Teddy Bridgewater, I know he's been a little bit up and down, but he's got a good matchup next week. Then uh, Jimmy Garoppolo wanted to give him some love after the big game he had. Tyra Taylor looking like he is going to return in a favorable matchup against Miami. Definitely in play in two quarterback leagues. Carlos Hyde in case James Robinson can't suit up Boston Scott uh, and Jordan Howard after they each scored two touchdowns each Jordan Howard I still think is just a deeper league guy and then Mark Ingram because he was utilized and good matchup with Taysom Hill maybe he gets more workload there Uh, and then looking at some of the receivers and tight ends that you can grab off the waiver wire. Uh, Devontae Park Oh Jeremy McNichols is there too He is a big waiver wire target now after Derrick Henry Uh Devontae Parker He was dropped in a bunch of leagues Came back yesterday Saw 11 targets Has a good matchup next week Cole Beasley He's been up and down But getting good volume as of late Elijah Moore we discussed Nico Collins Has been uh, utilized as the wide receiver too there And with Tyrod Taylor returning I'm a little excited about him Brandon Ayuk, Marcus, yesterday saw a season high in <laughs> targets, so I, I'm not quite ready to fully give up on him. Jamal Agnew, getting consistent volume as the slot receiver there in Jacksonville. Tajay Sharp, we discussed. Then Pat Fryermuth and Dan Arnold, uh, two tight ends that had a little boost in volume. So if you're a little bit desperate at tight end and who isn't, I think those are two names for you there. All right, some good
1: options for you to check out. You can always see the full list, by the way. Uh, Florio writes the column every week, nfl.com slash waiver wire, so you can get that and uh, some little in-depth analysis as well. Uh, Boston Scott obviously had the big day on Sunday for the Eagles. Next week it is the Chargers. Does that make him a must-start for fantasy managers?
2: I'm not sure if he's a must start but I definitely think he you likely have to start him depending on your other options the Chargers give up a lot of fantasy points against the run Boston Scott, what I liked, Marcus, was early in the game, they did sprinkle in Jordan Howard in short-yarded situations, but he was getting the bulk of the work, he had the only RB target, he had the two touchdowns there, so I definitely think he is the Eagles running back that you trust most, I'm anticipating ranking him as an RB2, which doesn't mean must start, but it means more than likely you do have to start him.
1: I do think he's going to be started in a lot of leagues, if if not for just people kind of chasing the points, but the opportunity is going to be there. And uh, we know he's going to catch the football more than Jordan Howard probably will. So there's some upside there for that too. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. He's not a must start, but he's going to get some serious consideration uh, in a lot of leagues. Mike White had the huge game for the Jets as they surprise the Bengals and get a win there. Next up, they have the Colts next week. Um, Look, I, Maybe you start him in single quarterback leagues. I feel like this conversation though is more for 2 QB leagues, super flex. Uh would you would you throw him in a lineup next week? Maybe even in daily daily fantasy would you throw him in a lineup? Uh,
2: definitely not in one quarterback. Even in two I would be a little bit hesitant. I know he played well uh, yesterday through for the second most yards ever in a quarterback's first start, but I'm still hesitant to trust him. I mean, this is still the Jets. This is still a guy that, as of two weeks ago, we didn't really know his name. So I think unless you are—like, des- I would rather have Tyrod Taylor over him. So to me, even in two quarterback leagues, I think he is a little bit of a more desperate play. He could prove me wrong, and, and maybe he is what the Jets thought Zach Wilson would be. But a one outing is not enough for me to to completely change everything on, on him and the Jets.
1: This also feels like uh, you know, he kind of took the, the Bengals by surprise. They didn't have a lot of time to maybe dig in on Mike White tape, and that's, that's kind of <laughs> why we, we got what we got. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd probably stay away. Uh, last one real quick, Pat Fryermuth, who I've liked as a sleeper, and he's, you know, he's had some moments where he's flashed. Is he trustworthy as a starter? And maybe it's just because tight end is bad, but, but do you trust him?
2: Yeah, I think he's on that borderline. Like He'll be like a top 15 tight end, so it depends on your other options, especially if Eric Ebron is out again or potentially even dealt. He's he's been mentioned in some trade whispers. But the rookie's got some juice. He's a good red zone weapon. I I am excited. I would definitely be picking him up this week, and uh, I think he is a start candidate this week.
1: I think he's a start candidate this week, but I think if nothing else, he's definitely worth just picking up and stashing and holding and playing when the matchups are right. So uh, I like him. Uh, you know we know rookie tight ends a little bit slower not named Kyle Pitts uh, but there's there's definitely some upside there all right so that gets us to our top waiver wire target for week nine heading into week nine who would it be for you
2: it's changed like six times for me already but (laughs) as of this recording it is Jeremy McNichols because I think even if the Titans swing a trade or they bring in a veteran uh, it's going to take that running back a little time to get up to speed so I think McNichols will have a large role, at least in the next couple of weeks, especially as like the third down two-minute back, the pass-catching specialist. We've seen him have a game this year where he had 12 targets. He's had three or a couple of games with three or four targets, so they like him in that role. And that was even with them throwing more to Derrick Henry, so... I think McNichols, regardless of what they do to bring in another back the next couple of weeks, is in play just because of the pass game usage. So he would be my top add as of now, especially if I'm trying to replace Derrick Henry. All
1: right. Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to say Boston Scott just because I I think his role is going to get bigger, at least while Miles Sanders is away. I do worry about what the Titans are going to do in terms of a trade. I still think McNichols is, is worth an add. Uh, but I just like Boston Scott, I think a little bit more. I would also maybe you know, tinge it with a little bit of Mark Ingram, too, uh, especially if, if Taysom Hill is going to be the guy going forward. Maybe that opens up some things for Mark Ingram in that backfield. But, but either way, a lot of folks are going to need running back help in the very near future. And there's going to be a lot of names out there available in play. Uh, when you go make your waiver claims coming up this week. All right, as we wrap things up, let's look at the Monday night football game between the Giants and the Chiefs. Uh, Let's just start simple. Daniel Jones put the over-under at 21 fantasy points for Danny Dimes. Uh, Which way are you going on that?
2: I'm going over cautiously because I know he he (laughs) could disappoint. But Daniel Jones has played well for the most part this season. The Chiefs give up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks and the most points per game in the league, at least entering the week. And Daniel Jones adds points with his legs. So with him having it looks like Shepard and Tony back, I'm saying over. And if you have Daniel Jones out there, I think he could have a good game for you. That's good, because I have Daniel Jones out there, so I need him to have a good game
1: for me. I'm going to go over (laughs) as well, not just because I need Daniel Jones to have a good game, but really for the most part, he has limited the turnovers. I know he had the three-interception game a couple of weeks ago against the Rams, uh, but the fumbles are down, the interceptions are down, the production is up, and that Chiefs defense, we've been picking on it all year, so uh, I'm going to say over there. Uh, Let's go to Devontae Booker. Over under 16 fantasy points for him. Which way do you lean there?
2: I'm going to go under there. Uh, teams tend to play more aggressive against the Chiefs, knowing that they to put up points to keep up with Mahomes. So I think this will be a game where Daniel Jones throws a lot. Maybe they, he runs some uh, a good amount. I could see Booker getting like double-digit fantasy points, but less than 16.
1: Yeah, I, I with you. I don't I don't think the Giants are going to be able to run the ball uh, a lot, mostly because of game script. I think that that's going to prevent them from running the ball as much as they want. So I'm not expecting huge things from Devonte Booker, maybe if he gets involved in the passing game. But I don't know that I see that coming in a really big way. So uh, I'm, I'm doing the under on that one. All right. Last one. Pick a Chiefs pass catcher you would want not named Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill.
2: Um, is none an option? Sure. uh, I I would go with, with none, but if I had to start one, it would be Miko Hardman. He, he gets like five safe targets each week. We know they'll take some deep shots with him, but realistically, he's just a deep league guy, uh, in, in this offense, it's Mahomes, Williams, Kelsey, Hill, and that's really it.
1: Yeah, I mean, Miko Hardman's the guy that I picked just because he's the third on the team in targets, so he's sort of the, I guess, the third pass catcher, the number two wide receiver, if you will. But it is such a concentrated offense that it's really hard to to lean into. Um, but you know, like I said, if I had to pick one, if, if I were putting together a daily lineup just for this game, I would probably throw Miko Hardman in it just because, you know, maybe he pops one big one and that's it. Uh, one Are you thing I was ready say about for the this...
2: Josh Gordon game now
1: uh no (laughs) no we just guaranteed it i know right um i'm looking forward to the uniform matchup though i think the blue of the giants and the red of the chiefs or the white whatever i think it's going to be at least at least that part of it will be fun even if the giants are sometimes hard on the eyes so uh there we go we'll keep an eye on that in the meantime That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by Subway. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, nowhere in the rhyme does it say Humpty Dumpty is an egg. Be safe, take care of yourselves, get vaccinated, and we will see you on Wednesday.